You're listening to The Building Code. I'm Tom Houghton. Hello, I'm Paul Worth. Oh, that was so nice. That was cordial on this Monday. It was very cordial on a Monday. That's fantastic. Yeah. Of course, our, our listeners are probably listening on a Thursday. You know, if they're regular subscribers. You don't know that for sure. Though. If we had to take a guess. But I think in context, they should know it's a Monday. If it just if we're off a little bit or we're yeah. slower. Sure, that's that's fair. I'll just let you know it's a Monday. That's a, It's a Monday for us. Joining us via phone today is Anthony Halsh of Rockbox. Rockbox is based in Denver, Colorado. Anthony, welcome to The Building Code. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. We have Anthony on because I guess I, I would not know what Rockbox is until I went to your website, which is an awesome website. What's which, your website? Real quick. We'll put a link in the show notes, too. We will. But what's your website? It's rocksboxcontainers.com. So there, gave, gave a little away as yep. you were doing earlier. So um, I'll let you explain it, but it's a super cool um, concept, a, a cool company. You're a Build-A-Trend client, so cool stuff in Build-A-Trend that, that makes for a good podcast. So let us know. Tell us about your, give us a 30-second rundown of what you guys do. Yeah, so uh, Rocksbox is a manufacturer of containerized infrastructure. So we take uh, new and used shipping containers and we produce uh, many different things out of them um, as typical uh, infrastructure. So uh, we build bars, restaurants, offices, commercial kitchens, fire training structures, um, and then we're jumping into the residential a little bit more um, as we get a little bigger. Uh, the mostly been focused on commercial projects uh, to date so far. Um, we've done some really really cool office builds and um, uh, fire training structures. And some uh, our bars are probably our biggest uh, biggest product and seller. Nice. And you'll have to see, to our listeners, you've got to go visit the show notes because we'll put some pictures and a link to their Instagram on there. So you give them a follow because they've got some great content, some great pictures of what they're doing with these. It's really unique. Uh, so we'll definitely want to talk about that. But first, let's start with the most obvious question, I think, which is shipping containers. Like, how did you get into that? Uh, it's kind of a funny story, actually. I was um, <clears throat> I was in uh, in school at the Colorado School of Mines and uh, getting my undergrad in petroleum reservoir systems, and I was also taking master's courses for petroleum uh, uh, petroleum engineering. And um, so basically, I was just looking for some extra money. And uh, I've been in sales my whole life, and uh, I had a couple guys that moved out to Colorado from where I was where I grew up, and they were working in the container yards, uh, just forklift drivers and jockey drivers uh, moving the boxes around. And uh, they kept telling me about these older gentlemen when uh, I retired who bought trucks and trailers and uh, they were making $100 or charging $100 an hour for delivery on this. And I grew up on a farm in Iowa and I can, I can handle a trailer pretty well. So I was just looking into it more and more and I started calling a couple container companies. And what happened was basically I got shut out that no one was calling me back. There wasn't hardly any customer service at all. And I was like, well, I might as well not do the trucking thing. I'll sit, sit on my couch and, and sell containers if this is the type of customer service that I'm getting. So um, I was lucky enough to have a little bit of cash in my pocket. Some lady uh, hit me on a motorcycle and uh, I was she was texting. And so I got like 7,500 bucks. And so I took that money and actually bought two shipping containers, put them on Craigslist. And all of a sudden, uh, in about four months, we did over $400,000 in business over the summer in 2015. And I was like, I don't know what to do with all this. So um, I called my economics professor at Mines who helped me start the business and he told me to drop out and run the container company. So it went from uh, selling and brokering empty shipping containers for storage uh, to then I had a, another partner who jumped in with me in 2017 um, to start the construction aspect of the container building. 
And, um, and then that's really when we jumped into all that. And uh, then we bind the, the two companies and we call it Rocks Box Containers. And that this company was actually incorporated in early 2018. But my experience dates back to early 2015 in terms of the shipping containers. I've just learned so much, <laughs> including the going rate for getting hit by a motorcycle at 7,500 bucks. Uh, getting hit on a motorcycle, of course. That was quite, no pun intended, a whole lot to unpack there. <laughs> you know yes, I mean? well done. Yeah. That was quite the story. First off, I want to I, I make a note because we're from the Midwest. I've always thought Colorado School of Mines was for really smart people. Sure. Mines. But it's actually mine. Well, it might be for both, actually. But what is Is that like for? Yeah, it's the box people, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> school of mines. I'm going to start my own school. M-I-M-E. Yeah. Mimes. Okay. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's a really cool, as you said, kind of funny story. Yeah. Very unique. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I have heard of other companies who do some of this stuff. But so where does one find containers? And you don't have to give away any trade secrets, but... Um, sure. I guess I guess my mind goes to they're to, they're obviously shipping containers and they can't find the home back to once they came or they got damaged. Um, well, actually, there, there's a growing problem um, with shipping containers. At the core of our business, we're essentially a recycling company. So mm-hmm. we have these large uh, steamship lines and leasing companies that own the containers or move them around. And basically, the logistics and the cost of the logistics to ship them back to China to be refilled just don't equate anymore. So over the past like three or four years, I've seen a, a decrease in, in new container pricing by almost $2,000. So for instance, I was, uh, um, we're charging right around, or buying them for about 5,500 in 2015. Right now I can I can almost get them for about 37. So we've almost seen a, a full drop um, in pricing on that. And, uh, and it's because that China has restricted their recyclables their contamination rate to so low that what's happened is we're not making shipping containers to go back and forth anymore. We're making what they call one-way or one-trip containers. They're literally manufactured in China, filled up with goods, sent to the U.S., unloaded and sold or not sold, and they sit in a shipping yard for however long it takes to get them. So, and this this is just a, a, an occurrence that's happened in the last two or three years. So we're going to see more and more and more containers available. The prices are going to decrease. And that you can tell that I've got um, documents of orders that are taking place next year and the following year. And the ratio of one trip containers to used containers is getting extremely unbalanced right now. And uh, it's because of those logistics. So we have a ton of containers, a ton of infrastructure, a ton of supply that's coming to the U.S. that needs to needs to be done with something. So it's a great time to be in the container industry. That's mm-hmm. what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what you guys do, we'll reference the pictures all the time, but what you guys do with them is really cool. It's yeah. unique. It's modern. Um, it's interesting that um, you haven't got super into residential because, I mean, I, I have seen somebody like stack like four containers to make like a whole house before. Sure. Is that sure. what happens? But your business, your niche is a little bit different, right? It's more like uh, the mobile bar, which is super cool. It's called the party box. Yeah, or the, the, the beer, the beer can. can, the beer can, okay, can. Yeah. the beer can, yeah. Yeah. beer can. The party box is a different offering. Okay, yeah. well, yes. <laughs> uh, and then you were saying like like commercial add-ons, right? Like you put it next to a commercial building, like an awning kind of thing, right? Is I see something? Yeah, like yeah. That? So we, uh, so cool. I'm sure you've seen mods and things like that uh, on the side of school stuff that they use to increase their capacity mm-hmm. and all that stuff as well. We essentially do something similar for construction companies or warehousing companies that don't have enough storage, we're able to drop off a 320 square foot 
um, warehouse basically in a matter of a couple of days. And so the, the cost to expand your warehouse by 320 square feet is, is nothing. And so we do a lot of that um, all the time. We, sell, we still sell empty shipping containers, uh, but from, uh, from the commercial residential side, the reason why we've stuck mostly with commercial is that first of all, B2B is a little bit easier with in terms of design, payment, time consumption, all that stuff. We will, we definitely want to get into the residential industry. No one's really cracked that market yet for the shipping containers. And so uh, we will get into that once we get a little bit older and, and we're going to actually, at the moment we're raising, uh, we're doing a $4 million cap raise for um, to either purchase or lease a warehouse in Denver and then create a residential line and a commercial line. That's all, it's going to be a manufacturing plant. So Hopefully by the end of 2020, we'll have that all rolling and we'll be able to ship, ship out our first residential units at that time. So stay tuned. Any listeners who want to get into the container business, now's yeah. the time it sounds like. That's huh? absolutely right. We'll have to put your uh, your information. Does that go on show notes? Like sure. Invest in Investing it? options. Yeah. Maybe just send it to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. You're, he's bought in. I'm in. Nice. Talk to the wife, but yeah. Well, minor detail. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's talk about maybe some of the challenges that you face. Cause I feel like this is, it's a different material to be working with, you know, when building. So, uh, what kind of stories you got there? Yeah. So it's definitely, we definitely have our challenges. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, the, the one biggest thing is that you're working inside of a structure that's already built. So, um, we don't use a level hardly ever. Um, everything is built square to the container to our structure. Um, and the, the nuances with building with a new container versus a used container uh, become great in the, in the architectural uh, realm. So what we like to do is we'll actually start the architectural documents in-house for our construction docs, and then we send them out to our architects and engineers to use our documents because we've had so many challenges with architects sending us plans, and then we we go through the pre-con meeting, and then all of a sudden we realize, like, everything is wrong. All these measurements are off. Cause I mean, they're built in China. So their tolerances are way bigger than ours. I mean, there's, there's times I've, I've had a container that's off two inches out of square from a 40 foot length, you know, and it's like, it's you're cutting all your boards at an angle and everything else and all that stuff. So that's definitely a huge challenge for us. Um, but what's nice is that we do get to work within a structure. So once our, once you, we get the guys onboarded and everything like that, it's pretty easy to actually start working within that container, but there's certain nuances. Like we never penetrate the container with any sort of sheet metal screws. There's a lot of shows out there that I've seen people just popping through with a drill. And it's like, that is literally the worst thing ever you can do to a shipping container. So um, mostly our employees are all fabricators. So every single one of my guys knows how to weld. Um, their skills are a little varying, depends on what they're doing, but, um, and then they have uh, general, general labor skills, all, all sorts of framing, uh, tile work, drywall, all that stuff. Um, so we're kind of a, a mixed bunch and all these guys are kind of a jack of all trades. Um, so that's another challenge too, is getting them to work in the best capacity that they could be uh, together as a team. Um, but they're, they're great dudes. So um, yeah, there's lots of different nuances and stuff, but uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's more fun, I think. And we build a stronger product um, than pretty much anything else on the market. I can't think of another house that has 16 gauge sheet metal uh, on the outside that, uh, and it's built interior framing. We do wood framing as well. So you have just an immense amount of strength and then uh, we use spray foam on top of that. So you've got your exterior core of the 16 gauge sheet metal and then your framing and then we spray foam on the inside. So these things are like some of the most airtight and efficient uh, units when it comes to energy consumption like that. Yeah, efficiency, Tom. I'm big on efficiency. Yeah. yeah. Is it big enough to park, park a Tesla in? 
Oh yeah, you can yeah, park one. There we go. There you Boom, go. You're good. You know, I feel like we had Tad from Two Chicks and a Hammer on HGTV show. What was the show? What's the good show? Good Bones. Good Bones. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I thought you were a big big watcher now. <laughs> Catch it. Maybe, maybe this weekend. I, I just, Marathon. Just the you're a little busy the, right the now. The name threw me. Yeah. But I feel like your company's got some legs for an HGTV show. Like that would be That's a great the, show. Uh, yeah, That'd we're be cool. being filmed right now by a show that could potentially get sold to Netflix, EIY, or HGTV. So uh, it's called Container Masters, and uh, hopefully we'll see that here pretty soon. So they've done a lot of filming for us over the last four months. That's Container awesome. Container Masters. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that, listeners. I'd watch that. <laughs> yeah. So um, you guys have been in business since 2015? Is that right? Four years? Uh, the, the first container company that I started, yeah, was in 2015. Uh, the, the current business, Roxbox Containers, was incorporated in uh, early uh, January 2018. So um, we just combined basically two businesses um, and called it Roxbox Containers. Mm -hmm. And how many employees do you guys have now? Uh, we're up to 11 now. So uh, in, what, April or Mar call it March, there was uh three people working for the company and we had a couple contractors, but now we have 11 full-time employees and uh, we've got a handful, probably six or seven uh, contractors that work for us on a part-time basis. Wow. So you're, you're in the same boat as I would assume many of our listeners, whether they're in their 10th or 15th year of business, but they probably experienced some of the growth that you have today. What are some of the challenges when you, when you add seven people in you know the last eight months and sort of what are you looking to the future of challenges and hopefully where you guys will be? Yeah, no, it's uh, there's a whole host of challenges. I mean, I, we just had uh, Denver startup week this past week in Denver. It's the largest free entrepreneurial event in the country. And uh, I was on a couple panels discussing this exact thing and, and around a bunch of new uh, business owners and things like that. And, and basically the thing is, is that when you're leading a company like this and it's in this rapid period of growth, you have to give up so much of uh, your control um, over your processes and systems. And you have to have immense trust in the people that you bring on. And so that's one area that, you know, we, we're still a startup, so we have to hire people that may not have the greatest experience. They come in at a little bit lower rate than a professional who's been in the industry 15, 20 years, especially with the Denver market right now. I mean, uh, you know, an architect or project manager is making over 100 grand. And, you know, that's just not feasible for us on a salary basis at this point. And so, you know, we're bringing in people, having to train them. And it's really just about keeping your processes as tight as you can. And then just the communication aspect, I can't, I can't stress enough is how important that is to have everything in line. And, and I mean, honestly, Builder Trend has been an absolute phenomenal uh, program for us to use. And it's just um, all of our systems are set up. All of our contractors are set up. We have, I don't know, 1,200 or 1,400 cost items in like almost five or 600 cost groups. And so we're able to pump out proposals so quickly that uh, we're getting in business quickly as well. So um, it's it's really great. And I mean, having a system like this has been, uh, it's we, we wouldn't have been able to grow this quickly to say the least. That's great. What, what are you guys looking for? Obviously you're doing a four million uh, cap raise right now and you've got some plans for that, but you know, what does the company look like in 12 to 24 months? Uh, that, that's a, uh, that's a great question. Um, if we were able to raise that amount of capital, uh, basically it would go for me to hire a, the high level C-suite that I'm, I'm looking for. Um, I'd get the plant manager in there and we'd actually uh, purchase or lease a warehouse depends on, on the, the valuation and things like that, how the money comes in. And then we'd set up the manufacturing plant. Uh, so in, in 12 months, I mean, we could be looking at, I've got 40, 45 to 60 people on the payroll. And, uh, you know, we're, 
we're trying to pump out, you know, uh, we're looking to do 15 to 20 units per month of any sort of other house, bar, kitchen, whatever it is. And so at those numbers, we can really, uh, we can really grow. Um, and so this year we're going to, we're going to hit our goal of a one and a half a million uh, in revenue. And then uh, our, our margins, we raised our prices four times this year. Um, and so people keep saying yes. So we've got to mm-hmm. keep raising prices yeah. uh, until we start hearing some no's there and then we'll be at the right spot. But um, basically we've just gotten so busy that uh, we can, we can take in the money, get the factory and keep going with our, our current lines that we have. And once we take that money, we would put a ton into marketing and advertising all over the country and North and uh, South America as well. And then uh, really blow that up if, if we could. So we're looking at if we can get capture that capital this year uh, or early next year, hopefully 2020, we're looking anywhere from like seven and a half to nine million in revenue. And then from there, uh, the sky's the limit. We can take over the market. So sky's the limit. I feel like I'm on the podcast version of Shark Tank right now. Like you're about to be like, I'll give you 10% for, but I want, you know what? you know, one cent for every shipping container right, you sell yeah. or something. You know? Kickback. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. That's It's great to have that that goal for sure. It sounds like it's a really unique opportunity for you guys. Now, I was going to ask, you guys, uh, can can you do uh, buy these from anywhere in the U.S.? Like, will you guys ship them to anywhere? Or do you guys have yeah. limits there right now? No, no, we can ship them anywhere. That's the nice thing about a shipping container. Mm-hmm. It goes on the back of a flatbed yeah. and you just truck, truck it wherever you need to. We've sent bars to... California, uh, Wyoming, uh, Florida. We've sent a, a couple stages, and currently we're in production for uh, multiple units going to uh, Killington, Vermont Ski Resort, and uh, Copper Mountain Ski Resort, which is obviously in our backyard, and then Park uh, Park City, Utah, as well. So, if you're out there, look for some containers, and it was done by us. That's awesome. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Have you done any uh, like home offices? I feel like a lot of people like the office sheds are kind of a thing. I feel like I've seen like shipping containers. Yard. Yeah, used yeah, for that. Shed. Oh, yeah, <laughs> she shed. There you go. Oh, I see. Like a man cave in your backyard. Yeah, basically. Or an office. Or an office. Or a she shed. Or a she shed. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But, I mean, does that something you guys do? If people are looking at that. Yes, actually, uh, currently we're in production of two. Uh, th- this is our venture into more of the residential market. Sure. Uh, and so basically, we're starting off with two. Um, Airbnbs. Uh, they're just full, single 40 foot containers and uh, it'll be more of a studio style uh, apartment, uh, but they will have a, a nook for a desk and things like that in the one we're doing in Denver. The other one's going up to Blackhawk, uh, right by all the um, all the casinos up there. And it'll be one of like six Airbnbs. And so it should be a pretty good revenue uh, stream for our client. Yeah. With your regular product and um, your, uh, your one-offs, can you actually just go uh, get a quote from you online or how long does it take to get a quote from you? Oh, it doesn't take us. I mean, it depends on how complex the project is, but a lot of times we can knock this stuff out in a day or two. And it's thanks to builder trend. I mean, like I said, guys, I can't, I can't tell you enough, all that, uh, the spreadsheet work and everything we were doing at the very beginning of this company, it would take us six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 days to get out a quote depending on the complexity of it. And now no matter the complexity, we're not, it's not taking us more than four or five days. So. That's awesome. Good for you guys. That's great to hear. Maybe Thanks can, for the shout out. Maybe by the we way. can no- negotiate it, negotiate in something for next year. Sure. Our own little mobile yeah, bar. Exactly. Y'all have a, y'all have a big bus, right? That's right. We got an RV. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Just pull one of the beer cans behind it. Now you got the RV and you got the beer can start, start yourself a party right there. I love it. Boom. We're, yeah. we're playing the 2020 budget right now. We'll pencil that right in. Right on in. Nice work. What are you most excited? Let's talk about what's next. So, I mean, obviously big growth for you guys, but what's next in the world of shipping containers or what kind of trends are you seeing there that people should be keeping an eye out for? 
Well, it's booming. Um, what what the deal is, is basically the United States is anywhere from five to 12 years behind the rest of the world in terms of container infrastructure. Um, honestly, I think it's just because we're, we were a little snooty and uh, during the early 2000s and everyone's making a ton of money, we have the McMansions and everything else, no one wanting to look at alternative building materials. You see modular homes were basically took a massive hit after 2008, not that anything else didn't, but um, they didn't rebound quite like it has in the last four or five years. So we've seen modular construction absolutely explode um, in the last four or five years. And then the shipping container component is a unique piece that's um, kind of a, a, a side a side deal for a lot of these large um, modular home companies. But the reason why we decided to go after such a large raise this early on in the company was because we have an opportunity to take the market right now uh, in terms of the, the, the factory built um, can residential containers. And the reason is there's there's not hardly any players that are out there doing doing it big. So we've talked to a, num- a number of uh, large modular home manufacturers, some owned by Berkshire Hathaway and some other local ones in, in Nebraska and Kansas and uh, Wyoming. And basically uh, they're booked out six plus months. They, they don't have any room for any more uh, products on their current lines. But when we talked to them about this, about potentially adding a line to their their current production, they were like, that's not possible, but if you can produce them, we'd like to purchase them. So um, we have a potential to where we could actually sell to the current modular home companies because they don't have a modern product with the type of strength that this house, this inner houses can offer. And so, and, and not only that, but the price point as well, we can get really, really close to what these current modulars are uh, are at and um and it's it's a much much stronger and uh more modern looking house than what's being offered on the market currently when you so, so your value props sorry not is not only just um like being unique and forefront when it comes to design but actually it's it's stronger better insulated is that is that fair oh certainly yeah this the 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 amount of air that can pass between uh the, the walls with the spray foam and the steel is none so mm-hmm. we're basically creating just an airtight structure in there. And uh, with our with the current advances in you know, your mini split systems and things like that, I mean, it doesn't take much to, to heat and cool this stuff, especially since we're able to get underneath the floor and actually spray underneath the container with foam. And then depending mm-hmm. if we add a subfloor or not, I mean, you're talking, uh, I'd say at least uh, minimum building code, but then we can even go go more if it depends on uh, the mountains and things like that, where it's going to land and what zone for insulation. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a much stronger product. And I would say it's, it's one of the most airtight and, uh, um, uh, energy efficient types of construction that you can have. You, you mentioned stronger a few times. I'm curious, would this solve, you know, issues with hurricanes and tornadoes and other natural disasters? I mean, what, what can these things take? Good question, Tom. Thanks. Take, yes. take a lot. Um, we've got just, just the basic container uh, without any modifications and stuff. You're looking at like 192 mile per hour gust that it can withstand. And uh, that, yeah, you're looking, that's like, I think a category five hurricane. So uh, one of my, my construction manager, he's from Puerto Rico and um, he he's, uh, flown down there and helped his family build some structures. Um, well, after, um, I believe it was Maria or Rita or something. Yeah. About a year and a half ago. That was right. the, the big well, yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that hurricane there d- destroyed everything on the beach yeah. except for his container, uh, ice cream shack. They were the only company that was able to turn, uh, turn everything on because they run off generators. Uh, the next day they opened their door, turned everything on and they started cooking all types of food for all different people. So, um, that's just a testament and one wow. example of where they can stand type of, uh, of weather. 
That's and I awesome. bet you probably could do some like solar on the top. With the, I mean, do you have to do like a, like since the roof is like flat, right? I mean, do you do like complex roofing on that then or? You certainly can. Yeah, we've done everything from a trust roof to uh, basically adding uh, corrugation at an angle that's a uh, uh, Volcraft style um, decking that they use for like a plate underneath uh, underneath concrete. So if, if there is a high snow load or something to that effect, then we just have to add a, add a small pitch deck to the top and it's all steel. So it's all just welded on. And that's, that's the other thing too, is that we use all, all of our product on the exterior. It's going to be steel unless you want a wood facade or something like that. And that's another thing too, is that we could, we can actually put a facade on the container. So all we do is take and, and use like a two by two tube. And in every deep corrugation, we weld it. Uh, vertically in there and what then we're able to do is screw in with uh, any type of siding wood stucco you could put you know all, all your uh, chicken wire up there and do any sort of stucco that you need to do or whatever else and so it, it could literally look however you want it to um, at the end of the day and still still have that structural integrity so I mean this sounds like a win-win-win right here so we're in all right. right here Paul and Tom we're investing. We're investing. You've heard it first. I get, we have to disclose that now on the podcast. Apparently, what are the minim, what are the minimums? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about those maybe after uh, when we're off air. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's wrap this up, Anthony. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your passion. I mean, I can definitely tell you're passionate about this, and you know a lot, which is great. Thank you for sharing that with the listeners. We wish you continued success in your business. Of course, thanks for using Builder Trend and being a client of ours. Um, and we're just excited to see where you guys go from here. Awesome. Yes. Thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, everybody check it or look out for that Build a Trend beer can on the road soon. Yeah. 2020. <laughs> 2020, here we go. All right, thanks, Anthony. Appreciate awesome. you. Thanks, guys. Want to share a suggestion for a future guest? Have a question about Build a Trend that you'd like us to discuss or a topic that you'd want us to cover on the podcast? Let us know by calling and leaving us a message at 402-596-6437. That's 402-596-6437. And who knows, you'll maybe hear yourself on the podcast. Love what you heard? Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear from more guests that will benefit your business. Also, please check out our show notes page for more information on what we discussed on this episode. You can find it at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Building Code. Appreciate you.